Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Hey, welcome to Truth, Lies, Shenanigans, the live streaming podcast where your favorite hosts bring some of the most interesting headlines of the week to our panel to discuss. And at the end, we'll ask the question, is this truth, lies, or shenanigans? And of course, we always try to have fun with shenanigans of our own along the way. My name is Neil Nix, and we are back, back for an amazing season three. We have an awesome guest today, <laughs> author of the inspirational book, Stirring the Pot, Tracy Mitchell. She joins us. She'll tell us a little bit more about her book and herself. For our quick fire, we're talking R. Kelly and Caesar Milan. Then later in the show, we'll go into depth on Governor Greg Abbott and the horrendous abortion law in Texas. As always, we'll end the show with Shenanigans, the game show. But before we get into it, I have to introduce you to our amazing hosts. For the next hour, the professor, journalist, editor, and sports intern mentor at ESPN, Miss Lizzie Enders. What's up? What's up, everyone? Happy Sunday, fun day. Glad to be back with you. I know you missed us. At least I know you missed me. I don't know about me, but I know you missed me. Um, so hopefully you guys have been doing well over the past few weeks. We've definitely missed you. Hopefully you will stay tuned. We have a lot of good stuff planned ahead for the upcoming season. But one thing I want to first give Neo props on for the opening montage. Thank you, Neo. That was great. But also so to kind of clown Rob a little bit, because I don't know if you saw Rob in that opening montage. You were side by side next to your twin. Professor Michael Scott. Michael Scott. Exactly. Exactly. How'd it feel, Rob? How'd it feel? <laughs> I was like, I know that guy. <laughs> All right. Our gamer, funny. tech guru, and bona fide rock star with the rock band Fallen Machine coming to you from Sudbury, Ontario, Mr. Robbie Rod. Get on, man. What's up? What's up, everyone? Happy Sunday, fun day. It's, uh, Signs of fall are definitely upon us because, well, we're closing up the pool and just, you know, that not fun (laughs) stuff. But the weather's beautiful for sleeping at night. It's very comfortable. It's just, I do enjoy this time of year, even despite the seasonal allergies that I get with it. (laughs) So your allergies come in the fall, Rob? Your allergies Yeah, it's it's, um, the deadfall. It's so whatever spores grow in it, whatever mold grows in it, that's what really gets me. So I get it during the fall and early spring. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, the worst. And of course, our beautiful model, actress, college student, and co-host of TLS Unscripted, Ms. Gianni Storm. Hi guys, I missed you so much. I was just telling everybody that um, I've been here officially a year. I haven't been a host for a year, but I've been working with TLS officially a year. So I'm excited, it's, it's a lot of new, energy it's a new show it's a new season and i'm just really excited i can't wait to um dish out some more news and give us give you guys our best commentary and yeah i'm excited for tracy to join us as well yeah Mm -hmm. tracy's gonna be a great guest 
Now, with all the work we've been doing over the last three weeks preparing for season three, I wanted to make sure that we pointed out the people behind the scenes, the lovely Jose, who you've seen guest hosting, has taken on guest management duties, but you'll still see her on Twitter. Olivia E. is now our marketing manager, and you can check her out on Unscripted on Wednesdays with Gianni. And then we have two new team members, Nesmi Dolores, way out in the Philippines, working with Olivia E. and the marketing team in our newsletter. And also, University of Maryland College student Ellen Dahl, who is our technology lead and recently was a guest on Unscripted. And you can't imagine all the work involved in bringing you TLS every week, and there's no way we could get it done without this wonderful team. So I just want to thank everyone, everyone involved with the group. All right. Thank you guys so much. It is time to start our show. We're doing things a little different with Quick Fire this season. We've got multiple topics but only three minutes to discuss and one minute for audience comments. So type those comments fast. Let's get to it. (laughs) All right, in case you haven't heard, the R. Kelly trial is underway. Finally, witnesses have testified about being raped, kidnapped, drugged, held without food and water for days, including an underaged man. My question to you all is simple. Will he finally be convicted? Johnny Storm. I think he should be convicted. And I also think his enablers should be convicted. Because for something that big to transpire, um, you have to have people around you supporting it. Yes. Bobby Rock. Yeah, I really hope that uh, he is convicted because he has such a horrible history of preying upon young women. And I like what Johnny said, his entourage, those that were complicit, I hope will be held to account also because it's just disgusting. Yeah. Lizzie? Yeah, I, I mean, I have faith in the justice system when it comes to R. Kelly in 2021. You know, we first heard about this in 1994. So this story is not new, um, but the times have mm. changed. And so I do think with all the people, with all the um, witnesses and guests that have testified and told their story, I think he's going to be convicted this time. I think he's going to be convicted this time. Yeah, I have to agree. I honestly don't know how he got away with so many crimes in the first place for so long. It's amazing to me when people like Cosby and R. Kelly get away with, with these crimes, especially as much as the justice system goes after black men. I mean, if we're being honest. Um, but as far as conviction, I think I think he's got it in the bag. I mean, this with all everything that I've seen coming out of the the, um, uh, the trial, I think I think, think it's definitely in the bag. Would you agree? I think one of the things yeah. I think it's in the bag, but I think one of the things that was different between um, R. Kelly and Bill Cosby, R. Kelly was consistently you know preying on teenagers, Which so is they're very vulnerable, yeah. mm-hmm. and he was consistently paying off both them and theirs. Um, and so that's why, you know, a, a lot of this just did not come to fruition in the court system until now. Yeah. 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 And even boys, it mentioned that he even preyed on boys, I, which I didn't know until I read that article that Neo sent. So mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of like vulnerable young people. And I think that like we spoke about before, you need an entourage, you need associates, employees to kind of help manipulate that. Um, so I, I haven't seen anybody talk about convicting them. That's another the good people, point. That's supporters. a really good point. Cause we're, we're not even, I know that some of them were cooperating. So of course they've got deals, but 
I wonder how they're being right. Someone's watching I mean, the door at his place. A lot but truth be told, I mean, that gets into what the laws are. That would that goes into a completely different conversation because there aren't really any definitive laws that would convict them, unless, of course, they were recruiting people for R. Kelly or they too were part of the actual assaults. So yeah. it's difficult. It's True. difficult. All right, that's all the time we've got. We do have some comments online. Olivia says, probably too much evidence and witnesses. She points out the little boys. Um, Jose says, yes, make his entourage accountable. Jacqueline Robinson says, it's even worse than we thought. I agree, Miss G, about the enablers, including the parents who pimped out their children to him. Yeah. And I, I agree, it's even worse than we thought. She makes a great point, because when I'm reading yeah. through all of this, I, you know, I watched, I watched, I knew about Aaliyah. I knew about all of the issues in the past. I, I, I even watched that documentary, but it's way worse. Uh, Tadian says, crazy what money will make people do. Agree they should be convicted. All right. That's it for that quick fire. Let's get to the next one. So a lot of you have dogs. I know everyone on this panel is a pet owner. Um, some people are in favor of the dog whisperer, Cesar Milan. So he's in the news once again, but not for whispering sweet nothings into dogs' ears. This time he's yeah. in the news because he is being sued by a former gymnast who says that not only did his dog, his pit bull, Junior, attack her, but Junior also allegedly killed Queen Latifah's dog. And with that particular incident in the report, it says that the dog killed Queen Latifah's dog and then Caesar Milan lied to Queen Latifah saying that her dog was hit by a car. And that's mm. how the dog died. So my question to the panel is, and this isn't the first time that Caesar Milan has been in the news for bad behavior, not only for his practices, but with this specific dog attacking people, attacking other dogs. So my question to the panel is, are you taking your fur baby to see Caesar Milan for behavioral <laughs> issues? Probably. Is that a question? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, because I still don't want to come to the States just yet. But, uh, <laughs> damn, damn, Robbie, damn. <laughs> yeah, my heart goes out to Queen Latifah because that's, that's a horrific way for your pet to die. And like you were yeah. saying, Liz, uh, Junior, the dog in question, had a history of violent attacks. Um, and when you have an animal like that that's at a high risk, then unfortunately it needs to be put down. So it really puts into question, I guess, Caesar's ethics, because a violent, dangerous animal is a threat. And no matter how much you love it, you really need to be responsible about that. Yeah. Yanni, your thoughts? You said it right. You you said it perfectly when you said that um, it comes down to Caesar's ethics, because like Liz said, not only did he know uh, about Junior's violent past, but he also knew about um, previous incidents, like previous lawsuits. And it wasn't just Junior that was causing trouble. Like it was other dogs on his property that were hurting people, biting people. And I just feel like, how are you going to be a liar? And then on top of that, you're going to be like uh, somebody who's fraudulent and cover up um, Queen Latifah's 
dog's death, which is real. That is really sad. I've witnessed dog fights and it's yeah. disgustingly sad. So, yeah. Yeah. I personally, I, I love me some Caesar Milan. I, <laughs> I use his techniques and, and it's helped my dogs. I mean, teaching them the right things, or, you know, and, and they're really good dogs, but you know, they're not aggressive or anyway, but um, I don't, I don't trust pits for anything. So you can train a dog <gasps> totally submissive, but it's, that random smell, random movement, whatever, the trigger instinct to attack. Why for pit pits, specifically? The aggression is in the DNA. But the aggression That's also is, is the dog whisperer because a lot of his incidents in the past have not been with pit bulls. It's been with and the aggression. Right, right. his we, dogs and his can, practices. Our aggression Don't is take in your dog to Caesar Milan, folks. Don't listen to Neo. Don't take your dog to Caesar Milan. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> All right, let's get to these comments online real quick. Uh, Olivia says, we need to see the facts. It doesn't have to be put down. The animal needs to be in safe environment where the dog can't hurt anybody. Uh, don't put him down. Uh, Ty no, Dion that says, thing wow, wouldn't have expected that from him. Um, so, right. Also, do your research. <laughs> do your research. Do your research. Do your research. In the, in, in the meantime. All right, that was a quick, that was a great quick fire discussion. Now, quick fire was brought to you today by Posh Liking and Fitness in College Park, Maryland. Still open during the pandemic for a safe, clean, fun place to work out. Visit posh.fit and have a posh time. All right, it is time to bring in our guest spotlight. Today's spotlight is on author Tracy Mitchell. Hey, welcome, welcome. Out to the music. It's great. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Tracy. Thanks for joining Thank us, you. Tracy. All right, let me give a little background on Tracy. Tracy's the author of a newly released book, Stirring the Pot. As an Emmy Award winning journalist, Tracy has worked at TV stations from coast to coast, covering everything from breaking news to severe weather to national and international stories, interviewing presidential hopefuls, members of Congress, executives, and celebrities. She conducted celebrity and lifestyle interviews for the Emmy-nominated daytime show, My Generation. She also appeared as a principal actor on the drama series, House of Cards. Tracy loves hearing a good story, especially stories portraying the power and strength of other successful women. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Thanks for Thank you, guys. All right, now that's an incredible bio, but I'd like to give you a chance to feel free to tell us anything else more about yourself, but just ask that you include something we can't Google about. You know, it's so funny. I I don't think I tell many people about this, but I was going to be an FBI agent. I actually went through the end. I know, I know. I don't really feel like at the time I was like sworn to secrecy, right? But it was a (laughs) hundred. Um, no, no, I went through the whole process. I got my orders to go to Quantico and the whole time I'm thinking it took two years and I was like, I do not want to do this. This is not what I want to do. But you know, when you're on that roller coaster and you're going and you're like, I got to get this done. And then I figured out how to get out of it at the last minute. So So are you happy with the choice? Really cool. Would you prefer (laughs) to be an FBI agent or are you happy with what you're doing? No, I'm happy with what I'm doing. So this is why I decided to do this whole FBI thing, right? 
So I was a news reporter at the time. They were lifting the hiring restrictions and I'm interviewing all of these, you know, the person in charge and all these regional people. And someone said to me, you should become an FBI agent. I was like, I don't want to do that. And they said, well, you probably couldn't pass anyway. I do not back Ooh. down from challenge. I am right. Right? Wow. I, then I had to do it. So I spent like two years of my life proving this person wrong. I mean, and then I get there and I'm like, well, shit, I don't want to do this crap. This right. is not what I want to do. But I made it through. What wow, department are concentration? Very nice. That's impressive. What department? I, right, I didn't hear you, Liz. What department were you? Was I in at the time, like, or did you want to consider for being an FBI agent? Like, were you going to be like a field FBI agent? Did you want to do behavioral analysis? Like, what did you want to do specifically? Well, they made it all sound so good. I have to tell you. So, when you're <laughs> going through the process, you meet all these different people, right? So, you clearly know a little bit about the FBI. So I did not want to be an agent, but at the time there weren't many black females in the FBI. So they said, you know, it'd be great if you could go to Puerto Rico, you could be an undercover agent in drug enforcement. And I'm looking at him like, do I I want to do drug enforcement? I am. So I was like, no. So I decided, you know, they had this language institute thing. And I said, how about I go learn a bunch of languages? And I can be like, translator in some country. I can be, I'll be a yeah. spy in those countries. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> undercover drugs, that is so not me. And they're like, oh, you're crazy. No one would expect you. And I was like, yeah, no. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so interesting. <laughs> Very crazy story. All right, let's get to this, uh, this amazing book, Stirring the Pot. Um, yes. It's full of highly inspirational stories of successful women. So how did you come up with the concept and what made you want to write it? And also, um, I know you chose uh, you chose uh, women like Oprah Winfrey, Ariana Grande, Winnie Mandela. What were the reasons behind those choices? You know, I really wanted to write a book. And I think that um, for years I wanted to write a book, right? And I'm one of those people. And I think we all are, too. I mean, look at where you guys are right now. Um, when I decide I want to do something, I really go after it. And it was back in, I think it was 2005. I decided that I wanted to meet Oprah Winfrey, right? And of course, everyone wants to meet Oprah Winfrey. Who doesn't? And she was coming to DC. <laughs> she was doing her Live Your Best Life tour. And I decided I'm going to interview Oprah and find out how to live my best life. And at the time, I wasn't a huge Oprah fan. Now, once I met her, I'm like, Oprah's all that. Um, and what she said to me was sort of the start of my journey to write this book and to tell my story. Um, I remember asking her something like, you know, Oprah, everything you touch turns to gold. I mean, how do you do it? Why are you so special? What is it about you? And she looked at me, um, as any black woman would, and said, girl, there is nothing special about me. And I was like, yeah, there is. And she said, no, no, it's really not. And so she said, you know, what's different from me, you and the rest of these people out here. I am following my purpose. I know why I'm here on this earth. And I live that every single day. And that was sort of my moment of, oh, my God, well, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Because for me, I was, you know, waking up, doing my job, going out with friends, living my life on repeat, but didn't really have a purpose, right? Didn't have a reason for existing, a reason for being here. And after that interview, many years ago, I started changing how I looked at my everyday life and how I was living from day to day to day. So I wanted to include that story in my book because that was sort of the beginning of why I wanted to write. 
um, as a news reporter, and I'm sure you guys in your industry as well, you meet so many amazing and interesting people yeah. and they touch us in different ways and they make us think about our lives while we're here, what we're doing that day, you know, things that we should do better, things that, you know, we can do more of. Um, and it was like one of those moments for me, like I should be doing more with my life. Yeah, I've had one of those moments on wow. the show myself. So I've got a few things, a few people online saying hello. Uh, we've got Hendrix Knowles, uh, Crystal Mack, um, and then we have uh, Crystal Mack. Crystal Mack says uh, FBI hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> she and knows the, me well. <laughs> Jacqueline Robinson says Oprah is all that and five bags of chips. Yes, she is. <laughs> and Ty Dion says awesome message. Truth, live your purpose. All right, I'm going to turn it over to my panel, uh, Lizzie. So as a fellow journalist, um, I agree with you about Oprah. Oprah was always an inspiration to me. And I, you know, old school followed Oprah when she first started, you know, with the Oprah Winfrey show on ABC. But then once you got to know her and watch her show, you understood or you learned about her humble beginnings, her where she began as a journalist and then kind of worked her way up from that. So for me, that was always inspirational. And I think one of the things that um, kind of pisses me off about the way the public receives Oprah, particularly the black community, we expect her to be perfect. We expect her to be without fault in certain things. And so I always feel like I'm an Oprah defender because I'm just like, okay, yeah, you know, she's done all these amazing things, but you put her up here on this pedestal of perfection. She didn't put herself <laughs> up there. And so that's kind of how I guide myself, have guided myself through my career. So I appreciate you giving Oprah some props and speaking so highly of her because when to see her on TV, I didn't necessarily want to have a TV show, the Elizabeth Newman show, but I definitely <laughs> want, want it to be in journalism and want it to be visible and give representation to mm -hmm. young black girls, to the black community. So I appreciate your love of Oprah and I appreciate you and your career path and this book. Yeah. So my question to you is, what has been, do you think, as a journalist, as a Black journalist, aside from being told that you would never make it in the FBI, what would be, what would you say would be, was your biggest obstacle throughout your journey? Great question. Um, that is a great question. I mean, I think my biggest obstacle throughout this entire journey, I've been in television news for, I'm dating myself for almost 20 years, and my biggest obstacle has been it's only one of us. And I think, Liz, you can understand that better than anyone else. It can only be one of us. So when I was going to a news station, it was to replace the Black woman who yep. left. Yep. Right? <laughs> or if there was another Black woman there, I was a threat, right? Because there could only be one of us. It couldn't be more than one. Um, and that's the era that I grew up in, right? I was the Black anchor. I was the Black um, reporter. So for me, over the years, I tried to foster this, like, for instance, I was leaving um, a bureau, a job that I'd had for six years. They hired the next black woman because that's what happened. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was saying to her, Nicole, um, and I said, Nicole, and she came in, you know, guarded because that's what we have to do. And I said, honey, I'm here to help you. I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. I want you to succeed. What can I do? I'm going to be here a month to train you. And I think her look at me was more or less like, seriously, what are you trying to get out of this? You know what I mean? Like, well, why are you doing this? 
And, and I think as women, especially as women, we're not allowed to sit at those high levels, right? So when we do yeah. get there, we, we put on the show, right? We put on the armor. We, we realize, all right, we're going to fight. But if we can instead bring us all together and bring more women in. So that was my biggest obstacle in the news business, just trying to be me and, and saying, okay, we're friends. We can all play together. We really can. I promise. Um, and, and trying to help other women, um, get to the same height. No, I totally agree. Wow. Been there, totally been there, especially yeah. since my journalism, I'm a sports journalist. And so you can only imagine, <laughs> like, exactly. They're, they're like two or three of us. <laughs> and, you know, we're always butting heads. So, yeah, I, yes. I totally understand what you're saying. So I appreciate your effort. I appreciate your effort 100%. Some quick comments online. Hendrix Knowles says, I wanted to be an FBI agent as well. <laughs> De- Desiree Brown <laughs> says, hello, Tracy. Hello. Uh, we got... Um, Hendricks Knowles also says, too many times I was the only black in the newsroom. Yep. Oh. yep. Now, Hendricks is a photographer who I worked with many years ago who was phenomenal. Oh, wow. And he's right, you know, and I think a lot of people even looked at Hendricks and thought, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing, but he was yep. phenomenal. Yep. So, again, same sort of thing. All right, Gianni Storm. Um, well, Tracy, I love that you wrote um, Stop Believing Who Others. Say you are unstuck, get unstuck and make the impossible possible. So I wanted to know, I know you just spoke of an inspiring story from Oprah, but as a speaker and as a journalist, what is a story that has inspired you on your journey um, to the success that you are now? Again, not perfect, not perfect (laughs) by any means. But one of the things that I remember when, um, um, Neil, you mentioned um, Winnie Mandela. So mm-hmm. funny story. So I was invited to give this speech in Oakland, California, and I don't like giving speeches. I'm working on it, right? So I, I like being, you know, in front of the camera, not with a big audience. And they invited me to give this speech. Um, and I said to my husband, I was like, I don't think I'm going to accept that. He goes, well, why not? I said, well, because I don't want to give a speech. And so I decided to accept it anyway. So I was stressed. I was going back and forth. I was writing. And I said, all right, I'm going to do this speech. And then I get a phone call like two weeks before the event. And they said, hey, Winnie Mandela is going to be at the event. And I said, fantastic. I don't have to give this freaking speech. And so they're like, she can't stay the whole time. She's going to give a speech before you. I was like, I'm sorry. Winnie Mandela is going to give a speech before me. And I'm giving the keynote. And I'm sitting there like, are you? kidding me? And I was like, you know, my nerves are all rattled. There's nothing I can say that can top Winnie Mandela. I mean, like nothing. My whole life, I could tell my whole story and I still can't top it. So, you know, I I show up and, you know, Winnie Mandela's there. She's looking fantastic. And I go in and my name is all along. I mean, I'm like, oh my God, these people have lost their mind. So, you know, Winnie Mandela gives her speech and everyone's standing up and she has a standing ovation and it's wonderful. And then I walk, you know, already dejected <laughs> up to the podium and Aww. she's like, she, you know, we're, we're crossing paths and I stop and I said, oh my God, that was amazing. I can't, I don't know what I'm going to say to top that. And she like puts her arms around me and she says, you don't have to talk. Your story is your Aww. story. Tell your story. And I was wow. like, ah! <laughs> okay. And I, it was Humbling. so wonderful, right? That was my moment of. 
oh my God, we all have our own stories. My story is mm-hmm. not your story. Yeah. I can tell yeah. my story and it's totally fine. I don't have to top Winnie Mandela. I just need to tell my story, right? So for me, that was one of those moments where I'm like, oh my God, I just spent six months stressing about this stupid speech <laughs> and all I have to do. And then, yeah, I don't even think I went on script. I was like, I am empowered to do this. I can do this. So yeah. Wow. 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 Some quick comments online. So Crystal Max says, so proud of you, Tracy. She also says, uh, great inspiration. Yes, broadcast is very challenging. Jose says, Winnie Mandela, piece of cake. <laughs> wow, that must have been so scary. And then you're getting hearts from Melanie Rochelle James. Also, Mel Blaine says, uh, black girl magic. So love it. to you. <laughs> All right, Robbie Rock. All right. Well, my wife purchased the book and it came in right. yesterday. So my wife Woo-hoo! is a much faster reader than I am. So she's burning sure. through it and sharing you tell your wife with I me. love her. <laughs> oh, we love no. her too. We love her too. We love her too. We do. But as she got into the earlier pages of the book, she mentioned to me that you really enjoyed your time with Henry Winkler, and he's a fan favorite of mine. I'm a big fan of his later works. I was wondering if you could maybe share about your experiences with him. Okay, so I love me some Henry Winkler. I mean, he is, he, oh my God, I love him. I mean, he he is, so I used to do the celebrity host thing with uh, my generation, and different people had come through, and um, everyone had an entourage, or everyone had security. Um, and Henry Winkler, no joke, jumps off of the elevator and he goes, I'm here. And I'm like, okay, you're late. Where have you been? He goes, I went down to the Smithsonian. I needed to see my jacket. And then there were a bunch of people there and I had to take pictures with them. Hey, and then the Metro hey. was late. So I, t- I said, you took the Metro here? And he's like, yeah, why not? And I'm like, you didn't have a driver? He goes, no, I took the Metro. But then they had people in the love Metro it. and I had to take pictures with them. You know what I mean? That's Henry Winkler. I love, love him. It. Love it. He is. So we get there. I don't know if you know this. There's so many little things I learned about him. He's dyslexic, severely dyslexic. Oh, wow. Um, Wow. He can't read. Most of his script was like just him ad-libbing or somebody telling him. He cannot ride a motorcycle. And I was like, get the heck out. He goes, pay attention. I never actually ride that freaking motorcycle. And I was like, (laughs) so we're talking and we're, we're laughing and I'm asking him questions. And all of a sudden, so I'm like, you know, all serious and I'm doing my interview and he picks up a pillow from the sofa and whacks me across the head. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I get a pillow. We get into this major pillow fight, right? Like during the interview on the set. And I mean, I love him. I'm telling you, I love him. He sounds like amazing. Yes. He definitely sounds like fun. Jose says, I love Henry Winkler. He's awesome. Paulette Bertrand says, Henry is cool. And uh, Jacqueline Robinson also says, love Henry, Wink- Henry Winkler. Such a humble and down-to-earth dude. Oh, my God. Also, Desiree Brown says, you are awesome, cuz. Can't wait to read the book. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Yay. Very nice. Now, now, you know, I was expecting you to ask Gianni if she knew who Henry Winkler is. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's I know what? Hoping. I thought about it. <laughs> I was okay, hoping you did it. Do you know <laughs> who he is? 
I don't, but he sounds like He's the baby of the group. He's the fawn. He's the fawn. Okay, wait. Do I'm you Googling know who the fawn is? She's Googling him as we speak. The Have fawn? you ever watched Ar- Arrested Development? He was the lawyer in Arrested Development. He's been in several Adam Sandler movies, just as at Nance Celery. Yeah, okay, they're like, okay. he, it, what he about Okay, hold on. He's, He's a, a producer, too. <laughs> Henry Waterboy. Winkler. Oh, oh yes, I love him. Yeah, I see, okay, I see him. I see him. Yes, I didn't know that was his name. Okay, yeah, the that face is, matches. I know. That is classic. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Um, but I wanted to give Tracy. I wanted to give you a few minutes to kind of give any final thoughts, any things that you wanted to share, any shout outs, anything you want to tell everyone. Okay. Oh, look at the well, book. Okay. Right. Go buy the book. Oh, it's, oh, it's on Amazon. Yoo-hoo. Yeah, yeah, it. There's like um, a special in the ebook. I think it's for 30 days or something. I didn't do it, but it's like 99 cents. So you can like spend, I'll, I'll send you a dollar if you want to go buy the freaking book. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I can hang out with you guys all day long. And thanks to like Crystal and Des yes. and Hendrix. Yes. Those are my people from way back when. Chris and I, just for the record, my last thing I'll say, I'll let you go. Aww. Chris and Aww. I stole our first car together. That's something people don't know about me. Oh, <laughs> I love. Did you say stole? <laughs> Your first car? Like, like, like as I, if there's many? I don't know which detail is more important here. <laughs> I didn't do the FBI thing, but we rolled the car out of the driveway and then we figured somebody left the keys in. Right. So we like started it off down the street and we had three, you know, $2 to our name. So we went, we put $2 of gas in this truck and then we like quietly drove it back in. And then like we <laughs> snuck into the uh, windows of our house once we finished. Like, wow. Oh we go way back. Oh <laughs> All right. Yeah, you could have been a spy. That's a friend. That's a friend. <laughs> Real quick, I uh, just want to let everyone know the link to her book is on the description. So check out the link to the book. And I see we have some final comments online. Melanie Rochelle says, Gianni, you are not alone. I didn't realize that was his real name either. <laughs> I did it. I love him. Alain Carrere says uh, uh, he loves, he's buying the book because of Henry Winkler now. <laughs> he says, thanks for the link, Neo. Buy the book. Buy the book. I'm helping your Canadian sales, Tracy. I'm helping your Canadian <laughs> yes, sales. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hendrix Noel says, unsolved mysteries. <laughs> and Crystal Max says, you were not supposed to tell. <laughs> <laughs> all right tracy i want to thank you so much for joining us uh we really appreciate you coming on because this was a great interview uh, we wish you the best and i hope yes, the book i love you well. oh thank you guys very much thank you thank you thank you thank you thank we'll, you. we'll talk you. to you soon thank you tracy talk to you soon Wow, it was an amazing interview. Magic. Amazing, amazing Black interview. Magic. Black girl magic. Black girl Jeez. magic. Black girl magic. Yeah, yeah no, I had that right. That, that was some black girl magic. Yes. Yeah. I, I, like I say, make sure you check out her book. It's in the description. Click that link. Description on YouTube and Facebook. So just click it. Get it stirring the pot. All right. Now, before we get into our main topic, I wanted to let everyone know that we have started a brand new exclusive Facebook group just for our hardcore fans of TLS. 
We'll have exclusive content, giveaways, videos from our after show, and much more shenanigans. You can go right now, search TLS Fans on Facebook, or go to TLSFans.com, sign up, and we'll let you in. All right. If you're a real TLS fan, you will go to that. And you will order me some food tonight. I want a shrimp basket, y'all. <laughs> First person. You know, what? The shrimp. you know what you got to start doing? Go on the Facebook what that group. shrimp basket is. That shrimp basket. And sh- you're going to have to do it live when people, if someone sends you something, you have to go live and put that in the Facebook group. <laughs> yes. That would be, they would really send it. <laughs> All right. Let's get to our main topic. Get serious, y'all. Get serious. Come on, Robbie. What you got? Robbie Rock, you wanted to talk about this ridiculous abortion law in Texas. What is up with it? So, Texas Governor Abbott signed a new abortion law that went into effect September 1st. And the U.S. Supreme Court remained pretty silent on this one. And the new law went into effect, and it effectively bans abortions after six weeks of pregnancy. The law allows private citizens to sue abortion providers and anyone else who helps a woman to obtain an abortion. So that's someone who gives them a ride to the clinic or provide financial assistance to to receive an abortion. And I have just been blown away by the ridiculousness of this. And I really wanted to hear thoughts from the ladies initially. And Johnny, I would like to start with you. Johnny, what are you thinking? Um, so I know that right now the, the U.S. government is actually trying to protect women who are seeking abortion um, against Texas abortion ban. So my issue with this specifically is that since the law in Texas, like since that law has been enacted, has prevented at least 85 percent of procedures previously completed in the state. So what about the women that genuinely need medical treatment or that have medical issues and can't get pregnant or can't carry a pregnancy? Or what about the examples, including like the abuse victims? What about the underage children? There's been reports of children as young as 11 that were pregnant. Um, What about the trans men who were grappling with dysphoria? That's a great point. It's already hard to get funding for abortion. um, If you you are pro-choice, it's hard to get funding for abortion. I know friends um, they're not friends now, but old friends that I've grown up with that were not able to get funding for abortion. They ended up having the children. The children are living in unsafe environments. So it's an unsafe environment. And these women don't really care to take care of their children because they didn't want them in the first place. So taking away the choice in Texas and then also it's, it's the funding issue, um, like it's women's health and it's the laws against it make it hard for us to have a choice with our own body. Basically, yeah. yeah. I, just, I just want to point out some quick comments before we go to Lizzie. Uh, Alain Carrero says, uh, I seriously thought this law was a joke when I heard it on my Amazon news briefing. And uh, Jose says, right, I Googled at least five articles just to make sure it wasn't bogus. I'm blown away. And I did the same thing. I was like, I was shocked. I was oh. like, wait a minute. How is this possible? Uh, but Lizzie? Yeah. Um. I will forever have this as my mantra as it relates to abortion, whether you are for or against, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice. If you do not believe in abortions, don't have one. Plain and simple. Stay out of my business. 
You don't know where I'm coming from. You don't know my point of reference. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the circumstances that has led me to this point where I feel like I need to have an abortion. But more importantly, to Rob's topic, this is obviously another case of a bunch of men. You know, we still live in the United States, even though we say this is the land of the free. We still live in a patriarchal society here. And this is an example of men, particularly white men, who have no idea of how the female body works, who have no idea about our reproductive system, who have no idea about our menstrual cycle. Okay. Six weeks. Are you kidding me? That pissed me off the most because... You don't even know that you're pregnant sometimes at six weeks. Or, I mean, six weeks, you, a, a lot of people, especially young girls. So, okay, I. Not even a I chance to got, miss a, 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 not enough time to miss a period. Right. I, I, I first, I got my first period when I was 10. I developed very early. I developed boobs when uh-huh. I was nine. I developed, I, you know, got my menstrual cycle, my, my period when I was 10, but it wasn't regular. Okay. It was not regular. A lot right. of young girls, a lot of teenagers, they're mm. not on a regular cycle. A lot of teenagers right. are sexually active. A lot of teenagers mm-hmm. have been sexually assault- assaulted, including myself. So I, you know, if I had gotten pregnant when I was assaulted by a family member at the age of 10, when I had started menstruating, mm. there's no way I would have known mm. that I was pregnant. But per this law, I would be in violation. I could be sent to jail. And let me tell you, and I've said this on the show before because I was asked if I had gotten pregnant during that time, would I have had the baby? Not only would I have not had the baby, would I have wanted to have the baby as a preteen? My mother would have shut that shit down with the quickness. So this is what I'm saying when I say men don't understand biologically, medically, what women go through. It's it's not a matter of, oh, okay, you get your period. It comes like clockwork every, you know, four weeks. That's not the case. Especially given, think about this. We just had a series of shows before we went on our summer break. We had a series of shows where we talked about the Olympics. We had two Olympic athletes on. Female athletes don't have regular menstrual cycles. They don't. Yep, sure. And so what if one of them gets pregnant and they are like eight weeks? They don't know. You're going to send them to jail. Mm. If they make the decision to have an abortion, you're going to send Gianni to jail, me to jail, because we drive our friend to the clinic, because that's what this law is implying. That not only would the woman who has the abortion be eligible for some type of prosecution and jail time, her friend that helped her, that assisted her, would also be mm-hmm. in the court. Penalized. Kind of defending herself. Penalized. Yeah. And so this is, again, this is a bunch of men who don't know what they're talking about. That's, I think even more so than the actual law, the idea behind the law pisses me off. Because it's, a, it's, a, it's control. Wanting mm-hmm. to control our bodies, but not having the information. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say, too. I think uh, it's like real quick, an older... I just want to say one thing. I just okay. want to address one thing. So, Liz, 
I don't think this is the first time you mentioned that you were sexually assaulted. I think it's the first time you, you mentioned it was at 10 years old, though. So I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Yeah. Thank you. Yanni Storm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Liz was saying, not only is it men that don't know what they're talking about, I think you kind of can't. How can you not know what you're talking about when medical professionals are telling you that six weeks is way too soon? But also, uh, besides that, Texas and a lot of southern states are, have a very old traditional mentality when it comes to law. So there's a bunch of old farts not wanting to change. Yeah. That's really what it is. Like, that's really completely what it is. Um, and like you said, Liz, control. It, so, it's totally. That, and that was going to be my, my main focus of, of what I wanted to say is that it's totally about this has nothing to do with men, and I've said this before, that the, the, thing, the one thing that men cannot control is whether or not they can have children. They cannot control, they can try to control everything else. You know, they, they can try to control people's actions, people's things, you know, but you, men don't have wombs. Women can go out mm -hmm. and, you know, get some sperm from somebody and they can have children. If they, I mean, it's not that simple, obviously, there's people who struggle, but, you know, Women have the means to have children. Men do not. And mm -hmm. these men only care about controlling that, being able to control the ability to have children or not have children. And again, it doesn't matter if it's rape, incest, whatever. They don't really care. It's just about making sure. And it's a shame when some women are the, the, the female supporters. And I get about life. I hear you about life because I, I'm anti-abortion. I'm personally anti-abortion. I don't like abortion as a concept. I don't like abortions happening. But women have to be able oh, to control shit. what happens to their body. Regardless of what I feel about abortion, think about abortion, that doesn't matter. That woman has to be able to control her body know her situation, and it has to be safe for her. But also, yeah. too, I think men can control it. You don't want to. You don't want to get a woman pregnant. Put a condom on. Don't have Male sex with control. random people. Think about think about the idea that a woman gestation period for a woman is ten months. Full term is ten months, not nine. Full term is ten months. <laughs> Within that ten months, she cannot get pregnant again. Right. In yeah. that 10 months, a man can impregnate myriad women, numerous mm -hmm. amounts of women. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, they can control it. They well, just well, they can't not... control the, uh, the, the but but the, I'm the talking about mechanism. even before getting I'm talking about even before getting to the pregnancy. control not having. And this is and this is what this is what these lawmakers don't address. They don't address the male role, the male involvement in this. Because, Thank you, Liz. Yeah, we have all of these yeah. people want to talk about baby mamas. We have all of these guys who have multiple children by different women, yep. some of whom are the same exact age. So yep. let's talk about that. Or these lawmakers who, okay, they want to control whether or not I have an abortion. They want to force me to have a baby. What are you going to offer me if the baby is born? Because they are the ones yes. who are also exactly the same laws, the same type of laws, that are preventing me from getting any type of government assistance that exactly. are preventing, you know, medical <laughs> assistance, okay. education, all of this stuff. Running and so time. that's Let's why I'm just Robbie like, get, real quick. Yep. get out of my yep. womb, get out of my life. 
That's, Thank I you. think Liz was just kind of tapping into my brain there because that is the irony of <laughs> these abortion bills is that it's the, the complete lack of male inclusion. Women don't just magically become pregnant. There's a man attached to every single abortion. So why aren't they being included in the jail time? Why aren't they being included mm. in the fines? Because like Neo said, this isn't about abortion. It's about men controlling women. And it's not about just controlling the birth cycle, Neo. It's just about control. It's an easy, it's easy for white men to flex their power just to remind the women folk that, you know, they have to kneel before them. But this is an archaic right. way of thinking. And it, this harkens back to what Johnny was saying. There's some old school thinking when it comes to I like the old legal process in Texas. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> and if they were really talking about abortion, then we'd be discussing early and continuing sex education. We'd be talking about free Thank birth control. Yes. We'd be talking about yes. health care for everyone, making child care financially yes. feasible. We'd be talking about exactly. mandatory parental All leave. Yeah, increasing WIC, harder sentencing for rape. Yes, reach. Oh, when General, yeah, that's General, true. When Governor Abbott said that he wants to eliminate all rapists from the streets in Texas, I want to know, is he talking about prison <laughs> rape too? Because there's a strong culture of that happening in that area too. <laughs> and I can just, just say very quickly, when very, we talk very about quickly. abstinence, abstinence, remember Sarah Palin, who, who was on an abstinence yeah. platform. One of her daughters had two kids out of wedlock. So she wasn't practicing abstinence. Her son also had a child or conceived a child out of wedlock. Abstinence does not work. We are humans. Humans like to have sex, period. Right. Let me get to these comments. There's a lot of comments about this topic. I just want to show this real quick. This is the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders at the first oh. game, football game. Oh, <laughs> dressing up like Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> In Texas, so I thought that was, uh, <laughs> that, was <great. laughs> that was quite a statement. Um, all right, but let's see. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, uh, Olivia says, I don't necessarily believe in abortion. My issue is Texas, stop picking and choosing what you want to follow. Jacqueline Robinson says, it's disgusting. Women are uh, seen as host bodies. Meanwhile, there is no effort to mandate that men get vasectomies, which are reversible. Thank you. Thank you. Alan says, amen, Lizzie. Saima, Saima Fatima. She says, hey, truth, Saima. Liz, I didn't even know I was pregnant at six weeks. There uh, you this go. isn't yeah. about children. This is still Saima. I have two kids. Yep. Saima is married with two kids. This isn't about children. Wow. This is about politics and control. Jacqueline yep. Robinson says, this is about white men being in a panic because the recent census numbers indicate that they are fast becoming the minority in the U.S. <laughs> ooh, <laughs> right. Don't um, preach too much, Jacqueline. Don't preach well, that's much. true. That is true, though, Jacqueline. And Aday says, uh, I got two more. Aday says, I'm sorry you had to go through that experience, Lizzie. Jeanette Brown says, this is a narcissistic abuse it's about power and control. It's about making examples of individuals to scare others, misogyny, sexism, keeping women in their place. It also makes more women with children. And she says, well, my narcissistic grandfather was from Texas. Go figure. And just think about all of the U.S. presidents who have had myriad affairs. How many many abortions? Like Marilyn Monroe had tons of abortions. Yes. She was sleeping with JFK and RFK. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Sherry Blaine Priest, this last one. Education right on, Robbie Rock. Right on. All right. That was a deep topic. 
True. Thank you for the topic, Rob. Shenanigans. Oh, thank you for your. I don't want to talk about this for two weeks. I was, I was, I was actually disappointed we didn't have a show to talk about it. All right, so we got to lighten this up a little bit. Let's get into our game show. We got to make it quick. You know what we forgot to do? We forgot to do truth. Was it truth, lies, or shenanigans? Yeah, I'm with the lies. I'm with the lies. The devil is the devil is the a lies. liar. Shenanigans. There's, there's all kinds of stuff going on on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just it's it's all of it. It's probably all, everything. All right, now before we get into our game show, we've got a special offer from Logic Streetwear and Apparel. Owner of Logic's JT was a guest on our show last season. We've only gotten excellent reviews on his clothing, so you can today visit wearelogicslogicz.com and use the code TLSLIVE and you'll receive 20% off your purchase. All right, now it's time for the game show. Today's game is new. It's called Seven Second Challenge. Not to be confused with the five second guess, this app provides you a challenge in which you have seven seconds to execute. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be the judge as to whether or not you nailed it or failed it. For example, it may say you have seven seconds to sing a song that describes you. If you nail it, get a point. Person with the most points gets our final thought of the show. All right. So Lizzie's turn. Are you ready? <laughs> Invent a superhero with a power and a name. Let's start. Superhero. Um, again, I keep saying this. Lizzie Lou. Lizzie Lou. <laughs> Lizzie Lou. My eyes, if I zoom in on you, <laughs> I'll rip your heart out. Oh, oh, damn. <laughs> That's not superhero. That's wow. such a like Mortal Kombat? Power. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to nail it. That's a little intense, but I'm going to go with nail it. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, wait. Robbie Rock, do 10 squats in seven, seven seconds. seconds. Start. Oh, that's easy. Come on, Rob. Come on, Rob. That's easy. So Two, up. Three. Faster. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Oh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. It looked like you missed one, but we're going to say nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Gianni Storm, invent a secret handshake and demonstrate it. (laughs) You have seven seconds. Okay. What's she supposed to shake hands with? She's by herself. Gianni, my coworkers at Sports Illustrated used to do the blow up, and it made me cringe yeah. every time. It made me cringe every time. It's classic. Right, so for the people listening to the podcast, you're going to have to see the clip for this because it was hilarious. So just go to YouTube. It was the dumbest handshake ever. That was awesome. All right, I'm going nailed it. All right, all right, Lizzie, you're up next. All right, Lizzie. Jump up as high as you can three times. I'm not doing that. <laughs> You're not doing that. Okay, you got seven seconds to not do it. Then. Woo! Woo! That's Woo! enough. I can only right. do that if I have a sports bra on. I can only do that if I have a sports yeah. bra on. And I- All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, unfortunately, you failed that one. All right. So, Robbie Rock, name four presidents. Seven seconds. Uh, Clinton, Obama, uh, the clown Prince Trump, and I guess we'll go with Biden. 
Hiding. Okay, you guessed. All right. You nailed it. You got an easy see how, one. See how, he yeah, see how he didn't get a physical a physical challenge? <laughs> I did squats last time. He did squats last time. Oh, yeah, you did do squats. <laughs> Who can't name four presidents? <laughs> All right. Johnny, this is going to be a challenge. All right. Put your foot over your head in seven oh, seconds. <laughs> Luckily, I can do that. I didn't pick this. This is Put an app. <laughs> You got five set four seconds. Oh, she did it. All right. Yeah. She did it. <laughs> All right. Jeez. She nailed it. All right. So, Lizzie, you're out. This is the last round. Lizzie is out. Robbie Rock, Gianni Storm is all that's left. This is for all the marbles. Robbie Rock, make the sound of five farmyard animals. You ready? Oh, my God. Moo. <laughs> 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 I think, I think the goes with You did that too well, Robbie. No, one was a sheep, one was a he goat. Knows. One was a sheep, one was a goat. Similar, <laughs> but different. You did it different. too well, Robbie. All right. All right, Johnny Storm. Let's see. Oh, my God. Pick something up with your teeth. You got seven seconds. Um. <laughs> McDonald's. So she picked <laughs> she picked up a bag with her teeth. That was pretty good. All right, you nailed that one. All right, so this win? is it. This is it. You got to both do it, and whoever does it the fastest wins. Name five capital cities. Go. Ottawa, um, Toronto, Vancouver, New York City, Calgary, Miami, and DC. Oh, um, Charlotte, Raleigh. You. I'm sorry. Don't you live in Georgia? Don't you live in Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> All right, great job, Robbie. You win the game. No. (laughs) 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 All right, before we close out, we got to get in some shout outs. All right, Jacqueline Rob says, Superpower for Lizzie is extreme shopping. That's a daily thing. That ain't no superpower. That's a daily thing. <laughs> All right, Johnny Storm, shout out. Um, shout out to Olivia E, co-host of Unscripted. I can't wait to start the new season of Unscripted with you. Very excited, and yeah, shout out to you. Love you. Hi, Robbie. Uh, shout out to everyone that tuned in for season three. Thank you so much for joining us. We had some amazing energy today and a shout out to my co-host. It's good to see you and spend some time with you again. Agreed. Lizzie Enders, shout out. Shout out to the student body at the University of Iowa. I don't know if any of you saw this yesterday. During college game day, Ashton Kutcher was on the panel and everyone in the audience started shouting, Take a shower. <laughs> Take a shower. <laughs> no way. Oh, no. I'll post the video on TLS. I'll post the video on the TLS oh, Facebook please. page. It was great. Great. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. I'm going to end the show the way I started it. My shout out is to the staff at TLS. Where we are, where we're going would not be possible without all of you. Lizzie, Rob, Gianni, Jose, Olivia, E. Nesmi and Ellen, thanks for taking this ride with me. I appreciate you guys. Now, our final shout out goes to the winner of our pet shenanigans of the week. (laughs) (laughs) 
It was a busy week. We actually had cute kittens, puppy dogs, and it was really close. Uh, this one won by one comment slash like. Uh, the winner for this week is, again, Jose Vandelight and her cat, Henry. This time looking like he's a roaring lion. Uh, to see all of our beautiful pets or post your favorite pets photo, make sure you join the TLS Pet Shenanigans Facebook group. On the group quickly by going to mypetshenanigans.com. Photo with the most likes and comments because the TLS shout out each and every week. And that is officially all the time we have for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you for joining us. We hope that maybe you learned something, gained a new perspective, or even got some things off your chest. We will be back live and in full effect Sunday, September 19th, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. And don't forget, Wednesday, 8 p.m., join Gianni Storm and Olivia E. for Unscripted. It's Yesterday was 9-11, and it looks like our winner for our final thought is Robbie Rock. Close us out, Robbie. All right. So thoughts and good vibes to all victims of the 911 terror attacks. Um, I think of their families and their kids who never got to see their loved ones return home on that fateful day. And I appreciate that there are so many child survivors out there. Uh, Pete Davidson of SNL is a notable one for me because he was able to turn that darkness into a form of light that brought so much warmth and laughter to the world. And there are many accounts of these children stating that the loss of their parents made them stronger. So keep shining, all of you. Thank you, Robbie, for that thought. Thanks, Rob. All right. Thank you so much to Tracy Mitchell. Check out her book, Mm -hmm. Stirring the Pot. Again, the link is in the description. Thank you, Gianni, Robbie, Mm -hmm. Lizzie, and the people behind the scenes. And most importantly... I want to thank all of you for joining us. We will see you next time.